0: We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, El Monte. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, El Mani. have a Bible, let's open up to Colossians chapter 3. Because we have such a heavy topic in front of us, and that is uh, in light of the, you know, the ruling that took place this past week in our Supreme Court. Man, when we were over there in Cambodia, you know, we would get the news, different things that were going on. I think the very first uh, Monday we were there, we heard about that shooting in that church. Uh, I guess a prayer meeting. Imagine that, a prayer meeting, uh, and uh, I think nine people ended up dying. Um, and, you know, other things, but, but, you know, then we found out about this ruling, uh, and, uh, you know, I I was just thinking, Lord, this is in one sense, us in this country, um, and there's a lot of different reactions to it. Some people are angry. I think some people are being bad witnesses. Uh, others give up, but I, I don't want you guys to give up. I don't want you guys to lose heart. I, I don't want you guys to, um to cave in. I think that we, we kind of got to do right now is uh, look at it as as a giant, but but look at yourself as like a David, uh, or look at yourself, us as a church, as a David, you know, by, by the Lord's grace we can slay this giant, you know, and I know the odds are stacked against us, I think really, you know, the Lord's coming soon, He really is, and so, you know, um, you got to be ready, are, are you ready for the rapture? Uh, and some people say, "Well, you know, I'll just serve the Lord after the rapture." If you can't serve Him now, how are you going to serve the Lord when He takes the Holy Spirit out? You're not going to be able to. Second Thessalonians gives us a heavy warning. So, you know, my encouragement to you is to just be really, really be ready. And I know that I know for a fact, in a, in a congregation you know this size, that there's a lot of people here playing games. You're playing church, and God sees through it. You know, there's a lot of us here that uh, we're not. Really, really living for the Lord, you know. So, uh, I say that not to condemn you, but to call you and just say, "Hey, man, uh, it's not a religion; it's a relationship with God." Step forward and follow Him. Um, I we have some. I think we have some pictures huh, uh, about some, just some posts on Facebook, and some of them were good. Some of them probably weren't. Um, I like what this says. It says, "Yes, I am a Christian. I believe the Bible." I do not support homosexuality or homosexual marriage. Yes, I still love you. Yes, we are still friends. No, I'm not judging you. No, I'm not condemning you to hell. No, I will not let anyone bully you. But realize that name-calling and stereotyping those of us who stand for what we believe is exactly what you don't want done to you. We have a right to speak what we believe. Same as you have a right to speak what you believe. It's funny how the word tolerance, it goes out there. Tolerance, tolerance, tolerance. Except towards Christians, right? And then they say you're bad. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20, it says there'll there'll be a day where they call evil good and good evil. Um, And we'll talk more about why we believe that. Um, Let's see, what else do we have right here? This guy right here, he says, Our society is careful not to offend anyone except God. Huh? It's like, you know... Who cares what God says? That's kind of the mentality. They're like, I feel this way. I, I like guys or she likes girls. I mean, and I've, we've talked a little bit about this before. Don't let your body tell you what to do. If your body tells you what to do, um, as a guy, you'll probably sleep around with different women all your life. You're going to let your body tell you what to do? Or what about that guy over there? He likes little boys. He likes little boys. That's just the way he is. So, you know, there's never a right and wrong. And and I think if you're honest, you know, you would honestly just say, well, God tells us what's right and wrong. Don't you think? I mean, that's the, the thing that we have to understand. And we'll get into that, but... Um, this one's kind of cool. I think it was Obama. Did he did he send out a message that says, after this ruling went out, love wins? That was Obama, huh? I mean, dude, forgive me for being disrespectful in one sense, but he doesn't know what love is. Love is not just letting people do what they want. Uh, love, Jesus said this, because really we have to let the Lord define what love is. He says, if you... When you love Him, you'll keep His commandments. You know, a lot of guys say they love her because they feel a certain way, but they don't know what love is. Love is serving her. Love is taking care of her. Love is providing for her. Love is putting her needs before your own. Love is not a feeling. Love towards God is the same thing. That's where love wins. Love wins on the cross where Jesus died for us, right? I think we have one more or two more. I guess that's it. And you guys are in Colossians, right? Look what it says in Colossians 3, in verse 16. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell richly in all wisdom in you, Richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You know, I, I pray that, you know, when we talk to the people out in the, that, that don't claim to be Christians, you know, we're going to have to talk with them, um, you know, maybe just tell them it's not natural, you know, tell them, you know, about things regarding the family and stuff like that. And we can share scriptures with them, but. But my, my message today is primarily directed towards the church, towards you guys who claim to be Christians, and or uh, anyone interested, really, in what the Bible has to say. Because sometimes you have people that say, well, Jesus never talked about it. I don't know if you guys have heard this, but this is a real big thing in Christian circles. I'm talking about liberal Christians, and, and they're just uh, indoctrinating us with their videos and their books and teachings and stuff like that and they say well jesus never really spoke against homosexuality and and here's the thing today you guys my my prayer is that we would be effective in the world that we live in we would be effective in reaching the whole wide world and even the gay community Uh, bashing them you're not going to win them to the lord Um, every once in a while God will call someone to to be a John the Baptist and uh, whatever punch him in the face however you do it but those guys with those signs God hates fags is that the Lord? you know some people say well man you should be talking about this more and more and more I mean you know you guys have been really cool about it Um, when you have a friend who's, who's gay and you work with them do you talk about it every time? I mean, if you do, you you might not be like Jesus. Some people say, "Well, you got to weave it into every teaching." No, my job is to teach wherever I'm at. I'm in Colossians two. I want to teach Colossians two. Today we have to deal with it, and and every once in a while the Spirit will lead you. You're working with someone, right? And uh, and and the Lord will say, "Hey, today I want you to share a little something," but. Most of the time, you're a witness to them. Most of the time, you're going to love them in such a way that they're going to want what you have. Then you'll win them to Christ. You know, Jesus had uh, uh, those women involved in sexual trafficking. They became Christians. They supported Him. Tax collectors, they were the worst sinners. They became saved. They became servants. But you don't see him really preaching a message on sex trafficking and tax collecting. John shared a few things. And that's where we gotta be who God made us. Um just be careful, you guys. My prayer is that we would be effective and we would be obedient and we wouldn't lean to that, you know, place of compromise, and neither would we lead to that place, like Henry was saying earlier, where we where we you know, we lack compassion. Uh, we we need both. And so sometimes you'll get people and they'll tell you, well, Jesus never said anything about it. Well, let me tell you something right here. This is Jesus' word. Is there anything in this book about homosexuality? There is. There's a lot. Leviticus 18, Judges 19, Genesis 19, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Romans chapter 1. Every time you find the word perverted in this Bible, it's speaking about homosexuality. I mean, there's, it's, it's saturated throughout the scriptures every single time. It's an abomination and it's a sin. 1 Corinthians 6 says if you're a homosexual, you won't go to heaven. And what I'm trying to say is that this is Jesus' word. And so if you say that Jesus never said anything about it, then you're wrong. That's why Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Let the word of who? christ what's he talking about talking about the bible let the word of christ dwell in you he says richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another and he mentions the psalms you know and spiritual songs and so just in case you have that friend that says hey jesus never said anything about it number one you can tell him yes he did Um, he uh, the whole bible is jesus word And wherever you find a passage relating to that topic, then Jesus spoke about it. Not only that, but um, in Acts chapter 9, we don't have time to turn there. But what you find is that Jesus met Paul on his road to Damascus. And Paul was, you know, a guy... At that time, murdering out threats against Christians. He was going to go kill them. And Jesus, remember what happened? He appeared to him brighter than the sun, noonday. And he called him. He commissioned him. I mean, he came. Think about this. I mean, we traveled 8,000 miles. That's pretty impressive. Jesus traveled from eternity to earth, right? He tried from heaven to earth to do what? To pick that man, Paul. To make that man, Paul, his apostle, his ambassador, to call him. And he says, you know what? Later on he told Ananias, he's a chosen vessel of mine to be a witness to the Jews and to Gentiles. He handpicked Paul. So guess what? When Paul speaks, Jesus speaks. You see what I'm saying? In that sense, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, I receive from the Lord that which I delivered to you. You see, and Colossians, it talks about the word of Christ. If they ever tell you, well, Jesus never said anything about him, tell them, no, you know what, you're wrong, because the whole Bible is Jesus' word. And number two, Paul's Jesus' apostle. Because when you read the story, you see full on how he picked Paul. And you guys know what an ambassador is, right? You know what? He's a representative of those who sent him. And so it's important for us to understand that. Thirdly, go over to Luke chapter 17. And in verse 24, he says, For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven and shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. Remember, you guys remember not too long ago when the lightning was flashing? You guys remember that? Wasn't that cool? You know, but it was hard to see the lightning sometimes. You would hear the thunder, and it was really cool. But every once in a while, you know, you would see it. You know, and that's how it's gonna be. One day, I mean, Jesus is gonna come. When it talks about the day of, of the Lord and the coming of the Son of Man, first you have the rapture in the moment, one eleventh of a second. First Corinthians fifteen says the twinkling of an eye, boom, Jesus didn't come, we're gonna disappear when he had taken up in the rapture, right? Then you have seven years, tribulation period, everything's getting set up right now in Europe and uh, Iran and Israel. And then you have Jesus return after that seven years. And so, you know, he's talking about his second coming, and he just says, as lightning man, that's how I'm going to come. But first he said he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. There, that's the cross. And here it is. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will also be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they went to In and Out, they had lemonade, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all likewise as it was also in the days of Lot they ate they drank they bought they sold they planted they built but on the day that Lot went out of Sodom it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed Jesus talks about Sodom he talks about Sodom Well, some will say, well, he doesn't, you know, mention their specific sin of Sodom here. But you know, Jesus assumes that they would know exactly what took place in the days of Lot. Right? And and it's interesting to me how, you know, the 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 story here is just his return and just how people, man, they're just living life. They're watching television, they're going to work, they're stuck in traffic. You know, they're cooking, they're cleaning, they're washing, they're getting married, they're enjoying marriage, they're doing all these things. And, and, and I think that the message of the Lord is the same, but they're doing all those things and they're not thinking about the reality that He can come at any moment. They're not living in the light of the Lord's return. A lot of times. You guys, man, with these signs, with a, with a rainbow... That they say represents the gay community, you know, shining in the White House. With our our president, you know, sending out a message of love wins. He doesn't even know what love is. He claims to be a Christian. He's far from it. You know, with us being, you know, we we were like the Christian nation on this planet. With us turning our backs on God the way that we are, I mean... It's okay to go to work and it's okay to go get married and wash your clothes and, and you know, take care of the kids and do all the things that you're doing. But you do all of those things in the light of the fact that Jesus can come at any moment. We've got to live in light of that, especially with the fact that the signs are so severe. Later we're going to get into Romans chapter 1. I think we'll be there in about an hour. When we get to Romans chapter 1, You're going to see, man, that that is is signified. The fact that homosexuality is becoming so rampant, it's signifying the fact that God is judging our nation. That God is letting go. Let me ask you a question. Who do you love more, Jesus or your friends? Uh, You love your friends. I know you do. And I thank God for that. But you can't love them more than you love Jesus. And Jesus said, if you love your friends, you're going to warn them, right? Because he's coming. You want to be ready. You want them to be ready. And, and and here in the days of Lot, if you go back to Genesis 19, look what happened. Genesis 19 in verse 1, it says, Now the, the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom, When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them. He bowed himself with his face toward the ground. So there's two angels. They look like men. And they came to the city and Lot saw them and he greeted them, right? And he said, Here now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. And then you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, No, we'll spend the night. We're going to hang out in the open square. But he insisted strongly. You know, Lot said, No, come. So they turned into him and entered his house and then he made them a feast and baked and leavened bread and they ate. Now Lot was doing what was appropriate to do in those days. The Hospitality was huge. Now before they laid down, right before they go to sleep, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally if you have NIV, NLT most translations say that we may know them sexually so Lot went out to them through the doorway shut the door behind him, and said please my brethren do not do so wickedly see now I have two daughters who have not known a man please let me bring them out to you and you may do to them as you wish only do nothing to these men since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my of my roof. Now now Lot was carnal. Lot is a picture of a Christian. Hebrews chapter eleven mentions him, so he was saved, but he's a carnal Christian, unfortunately. And so when these men come looking for the two men that are staying at Lot's house because they want to rape them, that was so bad. And we'll see we see the same thing in Judges chapter 19. It was so bad that he said, No, you know, take my daughters, you know, they're you marry them you know it was just that was just considered so bad look at how far we've come you know someone was asking me and i i didn't know where they were coming from it was actually my son he's always gets me with the with the with trick questions and he's all you know you you think men will be raping men and i just thought about it i said men raping men oh no you know because you know men rape women unfortunately Again, just one of the most terrible things. But, you know, they usually overpower them. Because men are stronger. But men raping men? I said, I don't think so. You know, because they're both men. And then afterwards, I thought about it. I said, well, wait a minute. That's what happened in the Bible. It seemed like it would always go in that direction, Judges 19. You guys, this isn't going to stop. And you know that, huh? For those of you who are sitting out here in the congregation and you're saying, well, come on, let them, let them be. You know, they, they love each other. What's the big deal? You know, you're heterosexual. you got your family. Let them have their family. Well, it's sin. And, and, and when you, you know, put your stamp of approval on it, then you're part of leading them to hell it can't be something that we tolerate because one thing about sin is it never stops. It's never satisfied, right? And what ends up happening right here is these guys, you know, they they want to rape these men. Lot says, no, you know, this is so terrible. Take my daughters instead. And, and in verse 9, it says, and they said, stand back. And then they said, this one came in to stay here and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. Okay, underline that. That's the way they're going to see you. Okay, again, you're not going to be preaching all the time, but there will be those times when the Holy Spirit says, I want you to say something, I want you to post something, I want you to, whatever it might be, right? And what are they going to tell you? You're judging me, right? And they get upset, they get really upset, right? And, and, and that's what they're saying a lot. You know, this guy comes in here and, you know, he's judging us. And then what does he say? They say, we're going to deal worse with you than with them. And you guys, that's where we're headed. You know, that's where we're headed, man. That's what the enemy wants to do. It's its going to come. It's going to come hard. You know, there will be the day if things uh, continue down this road that they're on, and unless there's a revival and awakening, unless the whole church rises up and becomes really the church it's supposed to be, then, um, you know... It's going to get worse. And you guys know the day will come when uh, you know, they'll start by saying you can't preach about it in your churches. You can't say it's sin. You can't say it's wrong. You can't single them out. And they will trickle down into society. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. They're, they're after us. They're going to deal with us. They want none of that type of talk And so, you know, they might take away our nonprofit status. And I'm not really worried about that. All that means is that when you guys give a donation, it won't be tax deductible anymore. You guys don't have a problem with that, right? (laughs) If that's the only reason you give, then you're in big trouble, okay? But, you know, the day will come when we're going to be locked up. We'll be roomies, yeah? You know, we'll we'll get tattoos in there and stuff like that, you know? (laughs) I, I, I don't know. You know, but um it's gonna happen. That that's where we're headed. Persecution. It's gonna come now in our direction. Unless you know there's a revival. This is what they're they're doing to Lot. The cool thing is the Lord will always protect you. Things are gonna happen to us, but when God wants to protect us, He will, and that's what He did with Lot. You know, he pulled them out of out of Sodom and Gomorrah, and then it says that he rained down fire and brimstone upon them. And so, you know, God will do that for us as well. Um, But just know this, that that judgment's coming. We don't have time to turn there, but you guys know in Genesis chapter 9, all about the rainbow, right? Isn't it sad how the world, they take away things from the church? Don't let go of that, okay? Don't let go of the rainbow. The rainbow belongs to us. It's a promise from God that he said he would never judge the earth through flood again, right? You guys know that? Genesis chapter 9. Rainbows are beautiful, man. And uh, and so here's the thing that's kind of ironic about that, however. A rainbow is a reminder that God will never judge the earth through flood. But you want to know something? It's also a reminder that God did judge the earth in one sense. It is. And here they are, you know, uh, claiming the rainbow for themselves when in all reality it belongs to the covenant people of God. But you know, to me it's it's kind of ironic that 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 right there, the whole setting is God does judge sin. It won't be through water next time. You guys know how it's gonna happen next time, right? Fire. Second Peter chapter three talks about that. Probably some type of nuclear, just the Lord just lets go. Because right now He holds everything together. Right? And so You know, one last scripture, if you would go to Romans chapter 1. In verse 18, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them, For since creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Romans chapter 1, in this section right here, it's it's just, you know, it's amazing. It's an amazing portion of scripture that basically says, respond. Respond now to the light that's been given to you. I mean, some things, I mean, they're so obvious, you know, like uh, creation and conscience. Because he talks about the, what's without and what's within, right? Um, notice again, verse 19, because what we be known of God is manifest in them. In them is your conscience. And then he also talks about the creation. And so you look at his power, you look at the uh, the glory of God, and you see it in his creation. You listen to your conscience, and you have the morality the, the 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 righteousness man those are things that you got to listen to because if you suppress them if you go against them then what you're doing is you're going to harden your heart and basically what ends up happening is life gets worse and worse it says in verse 21 because although they knew God they did not glorify him as God nor were thankful you know god made you god loves you god died for you god went into a, a grave he rose again the 3rd day God watches over you. God loves you as if you were the only one to love. God made you in his image. God breathed life into you. And what we find is that you know people they they kind of know these things, but they suppress them. They don't glorify God. They start thinking random foolish thoughts. Their hearts get dark. They think they're smart, but in all reality, they're fools. You know, coming back from Cambodia, this morning I woke up at 1:30 in the morning. You can tell you're like, "Manny, you're slurring your words." <laughs> yeah, Well, besides that. you know, And I just, I just woke up, and it was cool, actually. it was really cool, because I just woke up and I just sat at the Lord's feet and I just prayed. And I was examining my life, like how I treat my wife and how I treat my kids, and how I live in this world, and how I should always be a missionary how we should always be reaching out, how the Lord is just stirring me up, man, I want to do outreaches in El Monte, and I want to do outreaches in Mexico, and I just really want to just, man, I just want to be lit up. And, you know, even, you know, just the simple message of uh, uh, courage and kindness, and you guys probably know what I'm talking about, how those things, they resonate within, and how, you know, you want to be real, And when the Holy Spirit's speaking to you and the Holy Spirit's calling you into that deep type of Christian living and the discipleship that you know is right, that you don't just ignore it, that you don't stuff it back down and say, get away from me. You don't suppress it because that's what the world does. And because of that, what ends up happening is God who's always calling and always speaking to you and always gently tapping you and just, you know, working with you all the time. Then the day comes, you say, no, 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 get away. No, I'd rather do this. I tell you what, I'm going to be thinking about this or doing that. And God said, no, come here, let's read, let's pray, let's fellowship, let's serve, let's go full bore. And you're just like, no, no, I don't really want you. I'm just going to do my own thing. I've got my own life. And then the day finally comes where God says, okay. All right, I'll leave you alone. You want your own life? Go ahead, have your own life. But where will your life be without the Lord? Without that conviction, without that calling? Where will you be? That's what's happening to our country. And that's what ends up happening right here. It's a form of judgment. It says right there in verse 24, Therefore God also gave them up. To uncleanness and the lusts of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchange the truth of God for the lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. The lie, the lie, the lie is idolatry. Whenever you put anyone or anything, especially yourself, before God, Then you're an idolater. And that's what they buy into. That's what we bought into. We need to come back to that place where God is God, where the Lord is Lord. Because if not, this is where we end up, right? And says it just got worse in verse 26 for this reason. God gave them up to vile passions. And he says, For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. You see, that's where it goes. So it's not new, right? It's not like we invented it But it was there in Rome. It was there in Greece. It's been around back since the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. And what did God do every time? Homosexuality is the last stages of a society. You guys, it's like we're in hospice right now, our nation. That's exactly what we see right here. And you're like, you're here today, and I, and I know some f- people that used to struggle with this. They were gay, they got saved, and they got straight. They're married, they have kids, they love the Lord. I know women as well. I could introduce you to them. 1 Corinthians 6 talks about that. Some were Such were some of you, but you guys came out of it, right? And the thing is, is that in looking at this right here, what we find is that You know, you're here today and maybe you're not struggling with it, right? But maybe you're one of those Christians to say, what's the big deal? Maybe you're like, it's okay, let them do it, you know? You might even be one of those Christians and there are some people who say they're Christians and I wonder if they really are and they actually like, oh, cool. Let's light up the rainbow. Let's send out a tweet. Love wins. What does Jesus say? Because remember, this is Paul. Who, Who appointed Paul? These are Jesus' words. He says right there in verse 32 who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Those are the ones I say, hey, I'm straight, I'm a heterosexual but I am so happy for you. I'm voting for you. Oh, that's so cool. Man, that law got passed. And the Lord says, you know what? Those people right there that approve, they're just as guilty. And so for us, you guys, um, we have a giant in front of us, right? We really do, but who, who here is giving up? Nobody, right? We got to take out that stone and we got to be like David. We got to run to Goliath. We got to have faith. We can't be sitting on the sidelines like these guys shaking in their boots. No, we got to be like like David, who was like the Lord, and we have to go and fight this giant. I I pray you guys would not lose heart. Um, The Lord is still on the throne, He's still in control. Um, It might not be a popular road, though none go with me. Still, I will follow, right? Love love your, and I, I know probably a lot of you here, you have family members, you have friends, you have people in your circle that you know. You know, I don't think, I mean, unless the Lord tells you, I probably don't think it'll be good for you to go and sock them in the face, you know. <laughs> love them, and as the Lord leads you, you know, you speak. Don't be afraid, but, um, but just be balanced, be biblical. You know, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you don't know the Lord, I pray that you would give your life to Him. He loves you. He died for you. And if you repent, today can be the day of salvation. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You so much. Oh, Lord, this is a, a topic that we can talk about in our society on and on and on. Give us wisdom, Lord, uh, when to, to to speak with words. And we need that. It needs to be articulated. It must be communicated. We can't be silent. The Lord also give us wisdom when to, to speak with our life, with, with actions, with love, with prayer. We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel, El Monte, at aircode 626-626. Four five four three four one four. Remember that Jesus loves you.